don't know. It'd be a pretty lame party. All right, everybody. Welcome to the... Oh yeah, welcome to FNP Public Radio. I'm your host, Trevor Bumgarthen. And I am two. I am four kids in a trench coat. <laughs> All right, man. So that was a really bad joke. Can yeah. we can we like next? Let's that? just let's just let's Rusty. I'm Rusty. Are you Rusty? Yeah, I'm Rusty. You're rusty Krusty. I'm, I'm like, like a fusty. Well, you've lost all of your creative energy because ground. you have been learning about the comedy. In Drew, will you explain? You know what's really funny about comedy? Explaining so it. I mean, really explain. You know what? <laughs> that actually makes the joke When someone way says better. something, it's it always makes it better. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's just it's like, no, I didn't quite get it. Could you walk me through the process? You walk me through it. Because that always, when you illuminate the humor. Yeah. And, and enlighten people to your thought process that just makes them really appreciate everything. Yeah, and you do it, and <laughs> particularly when it's like inside or you have to know about a certain oh, yeah. piece of pop culture oh, and they yeah. don't get it, but yet you still explain it. Or like when you're with your best friend and you guys had this camping trip one time and during the camping trip you formulated this joke and then, you know, when you go out and tell people guac is extra. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you don't understand? Let me tell you you about it. it. So here's the thing. One one time we were at Chipotle and then I, they said guac is extra. They did. And it was condescending. And then, so I was like, yeah. See, isn't it now? Now it's hilarious. Now it's way funnier, right? So speaking of comedy, yeah. uh, Tell us about what you've been doing the past couple weeks, Drew. So, uh, so I went to UCB, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, United, United Kingdom of Caesarian birthings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah, that kind of works. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta stand together when you cut your whole Nambla. Your whole abdomen open. So um, tell us about this. Like, what's the yeah, deal? What bro. is it? So essentially, it's I took. It, it, they're a comedy like uh, they're comedy theater in a way. What they do is they teach classes ranging from improv to uh, sketch to stand up, uh, and, and even there's even like musical improv. So there, there's all these different uh, theater sort of people that teach these classes. And so I decided to sign up for a two-week intensive to understand improv because, you know, we have this podcast. So I'm going to be better at it. Yeah, we, I mean, we're just pulling on this yeah. dough. We're trying to invest in this podcast Yo, for you. I think... It, After the mansion, <laughs> the first couple mansions. Yeah. And, uh, Ferrari Eslas. Um, Ferrari Eslas. Lamborg- yeah. Lamborghini, Lamborghini. The... Um, <laughs> Elon Musk is is branching out. He's yeah, yeah. by a Ferrari. Well, a friend of the pod. We'll have him on. Yeah, um, well, that He's actually on. that episode's already recorded, and yeah. you, you won't believe what it says. But you know, we're gonna release it when it's. Good for him, you know, when he yeah, needs a brand when, when, when he's ready to, like, drop the new yeah. Ferrari When he Esla, starts up his new, um, his new, his new Kickstarter for the Ferrari yeah, yeah, We're going to launch it. That way we can propel our um, massive audience to go out and buy Ferrari Esla. No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to utilize the faking fam to elevate his economic status. I also, can I just say, like, we're going to have Elon Musk on here one day. <laughs> and uh, because he was on meme review, 
He was on yeah, it, it, yeah. Dude, he he loves the internet. Yeah, he loves the internet. Like, I, I mean, think, if he goes yeah. smokes it up on Joe, Joe yeah. Rogan. I mean, he didn't smoke. He didn't inhale that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> anybody who knows, then if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so pretty much it was an intensive. It was improv one hundred and one mm-hmm. that I took, and it was two weeks, and it was three hour classes from eleven to two. Okay, uh, but my um with my uh, teacher, Ari Vukaitis, I think is the way you say his name. Uh, he's so brilliant, so smart. And he's been doing improv for like almost 20 years. Yeah, so he he was a very incredible guide towards understanding uh, what essentially makes improv comedy funny or just comedy in general. Mm-hmm. And the, there are a couple things that I learned. Let's hear it. The first thing was like, uh, when was the last time you had a funny argument? A funny argument? Yeah, Trevor, when was the last time you had a funny argument? I don't know if the act of the argument was funny, but often it's like the subject matter, mm-hmm. particularly in like relationships. You know, like the tiniest thing will, will either build up or you just realize like, wait, are we actually arguing about yeah. this? Uh, I'm and, and none it, come to mind, it's but it's always funny. the most yeah, it's, it's it's the most like minuscule thing, but it's just the seriousness of the argument. Like who yeah. like did you use this one pot to cook with? It's arbitrary, or did you eat yeah. yeah, it's like did you use this bowl to cook the food Trevor, for the dog? Did you or use eat the, the skillet salad? to make stir fry again without asking me? I, I was I needed to I needed to And then make the next thing you know, it's just like and you're blowing like, up and it's just like You never loved me. <laughs> you never reciprocate oral. <laughs> um I think like always. So so the reason for this is is because arguments aren't objectively objectively funny in the moment. They may mm-hmm. be funny in retrospect, but the whole point of being funny in the moment is to be funny in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd never say no when you're improving unless it's unless you've uh, unless it serves your character or it mm-hmm. serves the story narrative, right? But in general, you want to say yes. And not yes, but because it's like, because let's say, you You're know, like adding into the stakes or something. You're well, what it is, is like, if, you, if you have an idea and you say something like, Derek, you know, I always, I really enjoy how you always wear booty shorts to the roller rink on Saturdays. It's like, it's like a thing with you. Yes. And you should start a podcast. But, but we we'll say, yes, but I also like to wear blouses on Tuesdays, right? That's, it, it's like saying, yes, I get what you said, but what I have to say is better. Yes, but doesn't really work in improv. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of like, yes, but. Because but's a stop. But, yeah. but is a stop, right? But yes, and is like, okay, we're building this world together. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's principle one, yes, and. The second thing is establishing a who, a what, and a where, right? So because no I one can say? see it because there's no setting, you, you can't have see to it. build. Yeah. So Derek booty shorts and then Roller he wears rink. a blouse on Tuesday. No, 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 Derek. I really love how you wear booty shorts to the roller rink on Saturdays. It's like there's a who, a what. And a where and a when, because it's like a Saturday and mm-hmm. you're wearing booty. Sh- you know what I'm saying? So like when I you know establish that, you like booty shorts? I mean, I'm wearing some right now. Yeah, the official the, the, Faking the, Notes podcast booty shorts. Yeah. Uh, stay stay tuned for the merch. The merch yeah. drop. 
Um, link in the description. Link in the description. But yeah, so that's that's essentially it. You got to establish the who, what, and where. And um, then it's the step, the third step is noticing the 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 first unusual thing. And I think- The quirks or like the kink of the- What makes it interesting? Yeah, what's the most unusual thing? Yeah, a dude who wears booty shorts to a roller rink. That's kind of unusual, the booty shorts. So then you have to, in your head, and this is all happening- yeah, you immediately. Track. What is what can you? What is the type of person mm-hmm. that uh, wears booty shorts to a roller rink only on Saturdays? Is it a person who only wears blouses to the gym on Tuesday, <laughs> or like only wears flip flops to the do- doggy daycare on Wednesdays? Like, what is that person? And then all it is is then a system of jokes, layer, layer, yeah. And then you just tell jokes based off of that established reality and the first unusual thing and you escalate the stakes as you go. Mm-hmm. But there, but there's no preparation for this. Like you, you show up, you tell a monologue and you get a suggestion from the audience. Yeah. That's what blows my mind. Like some yeah. of these suggestions and how particularly like these, these good groups, cause I'm just, I, not like you've taken the class or like experience have done it, but just observing mm-hmm. a couple of these, it's just wildly impressive. Mm-hmm. Be, particularly when you can tell they're like good enough at it, they can roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, if something collapses, they make that funny. Yes, exactly. When the joke, when it fails or someone says something, and they're like, well, that's interesting. They just play with it as yep. their character. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when they're able to bring it back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. do the recalls, callbacks. the callbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we, we love that. That's probably like one of my favorite types of humor or like something I try to execute. Mm-hmm. Not as a textbook. That's just what I do because I try. I just remember things. Mm-hmm. So like that's a, more of a, I guess, a lazy way for me to like to do it. But I, I like it's it. Lazy. But like that's like particularly for me. What blows my mind is an improv is they're starting from ground zero each time mm-hmm. and still able to call back something that wasn't previously in the tool chest. It's mm-hmm. like that was created fresh. They've gone through. And if they have like a structure to the whole thing, it's not even just wandering. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. Well, that's why that's what you get into in uh, improv three hundred one. So I'm going to take improv two hundred one with the class that I did. Mm-hmm. Cause, Is like, it another I intensive? Really like same thing? It or? might be another intensive, but we're going to see if we can do it on an eight week basis. Because that that would be is that like weekends exhausting. or how's that work? That would be or probably week Monday nights. Monday nights at like six from six to nine would probably okay. be the time. That's but, probably more manageable. Well, not probably. That's Definitely more we, we want to stay with our teacher. We want to stay with the same group because we we were un, unusually comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. And like we got really creative. And how many people were in it? 18 people. Wow. In class. That's big. So yeah. when... It, so how many people when they do they divide y'all up into yeah, like we smaller had two groups? groups. How many? Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's about nine. nine, about wow. nine people on stage. Yeah, and so you would stand on the back line. Essentially, what would happen? See, the structure of the show was we would open with a monologue, and a monologue is just something about your life. You know, I talk. I, I it could be something about like what'd you say? Uh, what did I talk? I don't remember. Because I'm sure That's this is new because so yeah, few it's people. So it's particularly like yeah. LA thing because of this organization. UCB mm-hmm. is like one of the big ones. Yeah, not, it's New York, LA. Because there's very few yeah. of these. Second Sun in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Is it Second Sun or Second City? Second City. Second yeah, City. sorry. Well, they're like, but they're like restaurant the, the most Queens. famous, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, like definitely. Because then you see all those people. It's crazy. You know, they're all wind up on SNL or, mm. or being late night talk show hosts like Colbert. I, I Corel, think, like all dude, of these yes, guys. It's yes, kind of wild office, to think yeah. about how many 
of the famous people, the who's who we know today, were in Second City. Uh, well, the reason why I started taking Second improv, Sons is Game of Thrones. Well, Second Son was <laughs> right. also a restaurant that I saw and walked by every single day in Astoria on my way back to the the apartment. Yes, and, and I never went there. Yes, and I never went there, and I regret it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but the reason why I took improv was because I we're doing this, we're doing this comedy thing. And I don't ever have to do anything. I want to get really good at it. And I saw Donald Glover had done UCB. He did UCB? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And uh, then he started, he was, he started, he like wrote like an episode of something and then Tina Fey saw it and then have him come right for 30 Rock. And this is Wally still knows, Tish. Do you know, I mean, I don't know if they'd say it, but like specifically what he did at UCB. I don't remember. I wonder if there's writing, because they have Probably. a bunch of different course they groups. They have different groups. One thing that was really influential, friend of the pod, he was a guy I was on the ship with, my mm-hmm. first contract. His name is Tom McGovern. He's a... Uh, an incredible musician, plays piano, sings, plays drums, plays bass. And he, uh, I forget the name of the band that he works with, but it's a band that plays at this bar in Times Square mm-hmm. uh, for 20 something, 30 somethings. And it's just a cover band, but a request show. So he knows hundreds oh, and hundreds of songs on three different instruments. And then can sing that blows lyrics. my mind. And you know what? He did improv. He did UCB through 401. And wow. he told me that it, it was one of the most valuable experiences he's ever had as an entertainer. Well, that'll do it. And so I was like, if I want to be an entertainer, I got to. I mean, particularly out. for you and for us, since we want to, yeah, be thinking that it's not just about putting down the notes on the page. It's uh, everything else is what provides an entertaining and like valuable experience. I like that thinking of yourselves as entertaining because I never really think about that. No mm-hmm. one in our background like goes into it from that point. You know, it's always artist first. Mm-hmm. Um, even though being an entertainer is an artist. Like there's, there's, I mean, obviously you look at these late shows, there's a craft to that, um, to be able to come in and make people laugh, mm-hmm. make them enjoy it. And, Undoubtedly, unless you're one of the, you know, top 10 at whatever it is, you're the, you know, top, honestly, the top 10 pianist, Mm -hmm. that's good luck, who can just walk out there and just be an insane player. Mm -hmm. If you're not that, and you maybe, no, you probably don't even want to aspire to be that, Mm -hmm. you should simply just, you know, work on your public speaking, work on your Mm -hmm. presentation, Mm -hmm. work towards the charisma, try to be funny. Uh, Every time... I go up to do a little pre-concert talk. I try to land something funny. Or just, I, I go up there and my my one objective, and I think this came from one of my composition teachers, but observing people that I liked, I was like, who's successful? Who does everyone love afterwards? It's rarely about, it doesn't matter if the piece was super like relatable, super tonal, super whatever, connectable, or like the most avant-garde thing. If someone went up there and was like, what we've talked about, authentic, but also just humorous, like very personable. They didn't go up there and talk like read the program note mm-hmm. or be uncomfortable. They went up there and they're like, yeah, my publisher, you know, told me no one will buy it. And I said, fuck it. No one's going to buy this anyway. So I did it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Or they go up there, they drop a joke, they do a gag. They maybe say something heartfelt, mm-hmm. but they're entertaining. And you know, it does it almost doesn't even, it barely matters what comes after that. Like mm-hmm. if you like that person, 
Mm-hmm. You're going to have a good time. You're going to enjoy it. There's value to that as an art. I think that you're, you're completely correct. And, and what, I, what I think is, is really underestimated, especially in our circle, is that, or overestimated, sorry, mm-hmm. it's overestimated, is the value of how well you play your instrument. When was the last time you saw a child prodigy and were like, oh my God, I've, I'm so invested in this person, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's just, there's something uninteresting about being perfect. Yeah. And, and, and I think that beyond, well, who are you beyond your ability to play an instrument? Who are you? People want to connect. The whole point, I'm hoping, of being alive on this planet in a, in a meaningless existence is to be is to get along with people and make them feel fundamentally happy to with be some here connection on this earth with you. With, our, with the connect. stories. The reason yeah. why people, it's like within classical music, don't really care about child prodigies. Because also after teaching at Juliet's pre, pre-college for two years, mm-hmm. it's like every kid in there is a little prodigy. It's it's suddenly, you know, it's it's the, 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 the sheer number of what you're around. It's like, oh, it's not impressive because there's 800 prodigies here on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they're all, and you talk to them, and you know some of them are amazing, really smart, well, all of them. Yeah. But it's just, oh, like it's it's an abundance. We have an abundance of prodigies. Yeah. But what what always sells it to everyone else, and why it's so impressive uh, to them is because there's there's always a story behind it. With an American Idol, um, just knowing some people who know producers, people involved with that that back end. You know, it's it's filtered out. No one, no one is going to win that thing. Has music degrees and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's not a knock on that. But that's not a good story. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you've worked really hard at your craft. You've got a degree. You've studied it. Mm-hmm. That's not that as impressive. Mm-hmm. It's not as good of a story as someone who was uh, waiting tables. So in, who was beaten as I- a child? Idaho you know, like oh, yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> But his voice is but, so good. But he sings like an angel. But his voice is so good. He even with a black eye, he it's still just, goes out there and just even gives with all his that all. rage. Just oh, gets, Jimmy! <laughs> but it's it, it's true. Like there's the the story is what sells American Idol. Yeah. You can if they're putting everyone beside each other, and it's like okay, these ten people are great. But these you know this person has hardship. This person has one leg. This person yeah. you know raised four Susan kids on Boyle. their own. Yeah, Susan, Susan Boyle. Boyle. Isn't that kind of, it's so belittling. <laughs> That's one of my favorite examples. So Susan Boyle, you know, famous, comes out there, crushes it. Mm-hmm. Um, now has a bunch of money, you know, success. But it's, isn't that how belittling is that? It's like they go out there, like, they thought just because she, like, wasn't attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she can still do something? Yay! Like, no, like isn't it kind of wild how it blew up and no one's like, wait, hold up. Excuse me. Wait. Hello? Isn't the whole premise of why we're talking about her, like, People were shocked that someone who just wasn't super hot and like old and hadn't done it was like actually good at something. Well, there's me, like some darkness beneath that. You, there, there is, but you also have to realize that most people on the planet aren't that attractive. And so, <laughs> yeah. no, and it's true. Yeah. And I count myself among them. And what I, what I, what I mean is like when you don't have, I, I'm finding as I'm dating, mm-hmm. really, really, really hot girls aren't that interesting and 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 it's not and it's i will not back their you up. fault it's not it's not their fault and it's also not there's a reason that stereotype exists there are plenty of counter arguments mm-hmm. there are, there are plenty of and counter I'm not arguments. shaming pretty but people it's the same thing with yeah with dudes too 
100%. I, 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 as a dude, I got to attract, I want to attract an attractive woman, but a woman with a good personality. But in order to do that, I have to be a person with a personality. Yeah. Well, we have to. I have to develop yeah, it's skills. Like I had to do something. Yeah. You know, and maybe that was humor because it's not like it I'm super to. tall. You know, <laughs> I'm not like, because if I was, you know, you sound like Bill if Burr. I was six five, I wouldn't need any person. You literally sound like Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr was like, I have a redhead. Yeah. He's always oh, yeah. talked about how he's a redhead. I had to get funny. I had to get funny. <laughs> so the kids would beat me up. You know, it's, but actually, true. I was really tiny. Yeah. And my family, my dad's side of the family in particular, really funny, dry, really sarcastic humor. Mm hmm. And so at least I got some of that from them. Mm -hmm. But I had to be, I had to be in like sub five feet for so long. <laughs> it was literally me and like mm. one girl. And then like the, in, in the middle of Redneck, North Carolina, like one Asian friend. Uh -huh. And then me and then everyone else. And so I was like tiny. I weighed like 47 pounds for years. Jeez. I was yeah, frail. You about, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. full, I was, you know. Alpha. Now he's a thick boy. Alpha. Now I'm just, you know, he's this a wall. thick boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was this tiny guy, so I had I had to do something. Mm -hmm. So my my only objective was to I had to try to just outsmart people and be funny. Like that's it. And look where you are now, fucking failure. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, it a, got me. No, I should have just been hot. I should have just. Yo, I mean, if if you have a choice choose to be hot why do you think i went to this boot camp this morning dude i'm trying to like yeah so juice 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 putting uh things in action so and he's putting his money where his where muscles mouth are is. so yeah, he goes to improv so he just knocked out improv and then at what time did you got up you went to uh, a bust your ass boot camp talk, oh talk about yeah it. no but here here's the hustle y'all so i did my on saturday i did my improv show which was the scariest experience of my entire life it's got to be terrifying siri no siri siri what? is just like she was like it was is like, okay drew what say it again i'm a, you need to okay if you if you listen to the podcast you notice that every time i try to talk to siri she when doesn't listen talk, she doesn't listen and now i didn't say her name once maybe she's heard did seriously. she just say like I find my life in your music or something. She's like, poetic. I can't, uh, sorry, I can't find my entire life in it's your music. It's because you, since you went to work out so you, and you did the improv class, you're funnier and you're hotter. And now yeah. Siri's now like, serious, wait a minute, he's kind of cute. She's sliding in my DMs. <laughs> all right, Siri, I'll, Siri get, back, I'll get back with DMs. you in a minute, you're Siri. Trouble, but, uh, but anyway, I did the show and then I literally got in my car and drove an hour and 45 minutes away to Ojai to play a wedding, a really rich wedding. It was crazy. That's in Ojai. Uh, in Ojai. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Uh, and then um, I drove back. And then the next day I was, uh, I don't even remember what I did yesterday. What did I do? I did a recording with a friend of the pod, Yasmin. She's got a project Word. coming out. We'll try to get her out here when she's going to drop it. Probably yeah, well, yeah well, we got to have her drop in. Yeah, we got to have a drop in. But then, like, I woke up at five this morning. <whistles> woke up at five. So, so, yeah, like, talk to me about this process because we've, 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 we've hit some of that improv comedy. Well, I want to hear more about the show later. Oh, the show. Okay, yeah. What well, we'll process my waking up yeah. at a decent hour. And then actually going to, to hit, that, hit that gym boy. So, I woke up feeling dead inside um, five Every in the day. morning. 
Yeah, it's every day, but this morning in particular because the sun wasn't up. And uh, I didn't snooze because I'm not a bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, then I like rolled out of bed. I put on my workout clothes the night before so I could literally just roll out of bed and get in the car and, and drive up. I go up uh, to, it's this place called, maybe we don't talk about where it is. Um, cause yeah. like we need to get some money if we're going to promote people like that. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, my, my boy's name is Ridge Davis. You can find him on Instagram, rigid fitness. He's a homie from Atlanta. We played. Dude, he, Atlanta is rigid. He's rigid. He's rigid. He's rigid. That was great yeah. name. No, boo. Great, Dude, great band. What Randy. a beautiful chocolate man. Like he's killing it, so he hit me up. He actually, his, his stomach looks like a Hershey's chocolate it, it, bar. Dude, it look. It's got all the segments. He needs a photo. He's yeah, he's got it's, an eight. It's pre-divided. You know, it's okay, like Rich, if you're listening, bro, what you got to do is you got to get a nice photo of like a full body photo, and then like Photoshop like a Hershey's chocolate bar over your abs, <laughs> and just be like, who's in the mood for chocolate? Yeah, you know, and then game over, dog. Like viral. Anyway. uh, <laughs> You're welcome. That that free of charge. Um, <laughs> consulting. Consulting. Yeah, because I did do that the other day too for uh, my boy Andrew Owsley. Did some consulting. Yeah, I do. I do that from time to time. So if you if you're trying to build your social media game, give me a call. We can talk about it. But <laughs> so I show up, and the first thing we do is they get my measurements mm-hmm. and they check that my body mass. I've lost like 20 pounds, dude. Damn. I was like 210 like a couple weeks ago. I'm 194. I mean, you look good. Thank you. I feel bad. <laughs> I feel I feel bad, man. Because I'm I'm breaking my body apart. Uh, definitely need some rest uh, and hydration. But anyway, uh, I saw my body mass index. Like, I'm doing pretty good. I'm like, I think I only have like 14% body fat. It's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad. I'm going to try to get it to 10 it's good. I mean, as long as you're like feeling good, dude. It's all in my back. That's where all my fat is, dude. My back. Yeah, I remember because yeah. you know I, I went to the gym a bunch of grad school. We, we talked about it, but <laughs> one time I just woke up kind of randomly, and I had like just, I could barely move my neck. It was, Shit. Just, it was just stiff, and it, it's only like happened to me that one, once in a time. And I've you know off and on deal with back pain or sore arm or some you know typical stuff, but this. It was just, just killing me. It was, and so I went in. Uh, Juliet has kind of like on staff physical therapist. Mm-hmm. I've never been to one before, but because we have all these dancers and actors, mm-hmm. uh, so they've got people targeting that. I walk in there, people and they're that like, crouch over computers, like yeah, you. like me, just <laughs> eating Cheerios and Oreos yogurt. Yeah, my, <laughs> my music, <laughs> music. But but um, yeah, I go in there. And I'm, I'm sitting down on the table, and, she, and so she's going. She's like, "Oh, have a have a crazy night." I'm like, "No, I like legitimately just woke up." <laughs> she thought I was like throwing. She was just like, "You can tell me." <laughs> I'm just like, I was just like, it's like, I was just like, "Ma'am, I'm composer." She's like, "Oh, jeez, okay, you, you could have just you could have just said uh, you you weren't you know you, you, you could have said you're that. not interested yeah, in yeah. the guy, but you um, don't have to lie. No, but so she's she's <laughs> yeah, she's going through, and she's like, oh, "Okay, you know, like." So it was kind of odd. She's like, oh, I can like tell you like work out and stuff. She's like, what do you do for your back? And I was just like, oh, man. Oh, she she busted. Yeah. Because yeah, she was like, oh, so it's like the normal thing, you know, people go to the gym, and, you know, they're working on the arms, they're doing push, they're doing all these shoulders and everything, but they just never work on like the back and the, like the other aspects of and your core. Booty. And so, yeah, she was, 
just like, okay, here's, here's the problem is, you know, like just because if one muscle gets stronger, the other's going to compensate. If you never work on your back, which is very important, there's nothing to support it or like on the contraction, whatever the, I can't remember, like the reverse part, like, you know, kind of the bicep to tricep. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember what that is? It's just contraction and relaxation. Yeah. Well, yeah. well even yeah. that, but just like the counterpart yeah. to your core and your abs is the back. So like everything else is getting worked out, but you're not supporting, uh, it's counterbalance in your, your back body. is like Mr. Trevor. Mr. Trevor. Mr. Trevor. You never support Mr. me. Mr. Trevor. No, Mr. Mi- lower back. No here. Mi- Mr. Mr. Trevor. We need we need more lemon pledge. Lemon <laughs> pledge. Lemon pledge. No. Yeah. But so it was awful. And also, it turns out, <laughs> it turns out that um, one of my legs is longer than the Shit, other. No way. So like my whole it explains like, well I kind of like pseudo waddle. And walking like all the other lower back problems mm. is that because of that, it's like like a, a it's like subtly it's like I think it's like the left leg's like slightly bigger, and so that raises the hip up, so the hip slightly oh, bounces. But yeah. then to like balance it, like the left shoulder goes down, so oh, it's like compressed. Yeah. So it's like left hip up, left shoulder down. Oh wow! So it's like Quasimodo over here. Like, oh yeah! Ring the bells, bells. I'm gonna get a Disney movie made out of me, dude. That's a dark one. That's dude, a dark that is, Disney movie. That's one of my favorites. Dude, I wanted it's to, very dark. I was like, I had the six. hots for Esmeralda. Me too. I wanted to bone she was, dude, Esmeralda she was, so bad. Dude, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't get it. Well, because they were just. They're like, this movie's dark. Let's just give the lead like huge boobs yeah like they they go off and plus it was weird like they had to cut there's some like super like dark really like sexual stuff in there mm-hmm. and they cut it out yeah yeah the real story is like really dark i oh, heard yeah, about like it. the actual like about, book I is I'm like i'm not gonna retell yeah, it i don't know anything it's messed up i know but, yeah. a, a funny thing about that so i got like all these pdfs of all these musical scores and there's of course the hunchback the musical and I just don't know how they get, like, I like a lot of the songs in there, but I don't know how they get away with it because literally, like, the first seven pieces, we're talking like 30 minutes, it's the same song over and over. Mm. I shit you not. Mm. It's like the so opening Tchaikovsky of the Disney movie. It. It's just, yeah, someone's talking and then they <laughs> sing the song uh, in D minor. And then someone's talking and then they sing the song in D minor. And then someone's talking and they sing the song in D minor. It just keeps looping. I'm like, how did, who got away with this? Oh, Schubert. It's Schubert. Schubert. Yeah. Who got away with this? Yeah. Schubert. Schubert. Yeah. Sherbert. Sherbert. All right. So now that you so now you're you're swole and you're hilarious. Well, thank well, what you. Else? What um, else? What else is like what's left? You're just Bro, I just I wanna get better at the hilarious part. <laughs> I've been thinking about starting doing some stand up. How did how did yet. the um actual show go? Like walk us through how the performance went. Oh, that's the thing, bro. I don't really remember too much of it. Cause just black it out. Was it like nerves? It's or just nerve. like it's hard to remember that it's stuff? It's hard anyway? to remember because like, okay, so like I said, it starts out with a monologue. And then from that monologue, there are three, we, like everybody makes three scenes. Like people, so you've got nine people on stage on the back wall. Mm-hmm. And so generally it's incumbent upon somebody to walk up at some point and start something start doing something just like there are no objects so you got to pretend like you're doing like something. i'm driving yeah, to have it. yeah so what you do is you like pull out a chair or two and you sit down uh I, yeah actually there was a thing uh where i was playing a low status character that was pretty much afraid of everything and so my friend virginia me 
<laughs> exactly. Char- a character story. Character. I, I use you as inspiration. Yeah. So I was thinking about Trevor in my head, and so my what friend, would a white pasty average dude do in this moment? So exactly. So my Eat friend bread. Virginia, usually eating bread. She grabs a chair. She sets it down in the middle of the stage. I grab a chair. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but she puts her arms up, so she acts like her, she's driving. So immediately, I was like, hi, hi, are you, are you like, I don't know if this is what happened, but I'm going to try to recreate it. Hi, are you Francesca? <laughs> yes. Uh, David? Yes, yes. Uh, and I pretend like I open the door, close the door, sit down, You're put on my Uber? seat belt. I'm in an Uber. Nice. I'm like, so I'm kind of nervous because... Uh, I saw that she had 3.2 stars. So uh, do you think? And then she proceeds to drive incredibly terribly the whole time. Uh, And then all of a sudden, one of my friends walks on and pretends like he's a bear tree. What? Uh, like, like in the the way the way that we uh, kind of established it was like, you know, sometimes uh, there's cross pollination among species, and you get weird things. Bear treat. Now, I'd love Bear to see treat. how you'd handle that. And he was just like, just like I, I pretended like I had honey in my pocket, so I took out some honey and I squirted it in her hand. She rubbed it on the tree or whatever on the side of his face. Dude, it blows it my weird. mind how these. Yeah, just to keep you so much. I can see why you can like blank it out because the amount of energy you're investing on like thinking steps ahead, remembering what's happened, and since this is like the first time, like you, it's a new. You can't be focusing on like the fun in it. It's the arg. You're you're in the argument too. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, like bringing it back to that. It's like you're not in the moment. That can't be like overly fun or funny until you get comfortable with it. Exactly. But do you know what the key is though? It's listening. Mm-hmm. It's not. And the thing is like you, you have to retain, you have to get good at retaining a short term memory and then dumping it. Yeah. Because every scene is brand new with a new set of rules, to, new character yeah. names, new situations, new psychologies. And you all also have to extrapolate what would this person do in this situation? Not only with you, but if you have a timid guy with an angry driver or an aggressive driver, wh- how would, what sort of things would this timid person say to that angry person? And how would they respond to the, 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 the belligerence mm-hmm. of that character? But then you have a bear tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what are you supposed to do? Like, but it's like, how do you- Half bear, half tree. Half man, half bear, half tree, half pig, half- Porcupine, you know, it's like what? What are some of the things for our audience? Just uh, maybe specific tips, but yeah. ones that either directly are for comedy or relate. You can relate just to any onstage musical performance or something. What? Is what, there what a couple what, ones that come to mind. Couple of ones. What? Just any tips, tricks, yeah. something that, yeah. something that felt new or was reinforced. From reinforced, this. yeah. The biggest takeaway that I'm going to use for the rest of my life is active listening, mm-hmm. and just you, part of what we try to do in music. It's like the goal, mm-hmm. not even part. That's like, if not the, that's the most important thing in music that can gets pushed, can get pushed off. But we, but we do it with music, not with the people around us, which I think gets lost. My my biggest problem, you're right, and my biggest problem is like I tend to be way too much in my head. Mm-hmm. And I've even been listening to a lot of these podcasts with much chagrin because you'd be saying brilliant stuff. And I and this is before improv. So mm-hmm. 
you'd be saying brilliant things and I would be ignoring thinking you of what and thinking of what next. I was going to say. And it's taught me that your job is not to be the most interesting person in the room. Your job is to make your scene partner be the most interesting person in the room. And if they are, you've won. Exactly. If you make them look brilliant, smart, talented, that is your job. That's uh, that is your job. charisma on command. The like, uh, not, yeah, like maybe like Chris Hemsworth or just mm-hmm. one of the yeah, the mm-hmm, hottie, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but so this dude smoking one. hot, mm-hmm. super personable. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he is successful at is he he always diverts the attention in an effective way, not as like a ploy to get like, but that's why he's so likable. Is because he'll respond, he'll deflect attention to the interviewer, you know, wh- whoever that is. Mm-hmm. It's like they've got a celebrity in there, and he's asking the question about them, and you can tell he's genuinely listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, yeah, I need to work on because, or, or like I think about actively, but it continually uh, focusing in on as a way of improving to like really actively listen, uh, not just for details or pointers, but particularly out here meeting all these new people is something I've devoted a lot of mental energy to on interactions. It's because you're meeting all these people to show them you actually care and are not there just to shove a business card in their face. Mm-hmm. It's just the details, the little things. Being in there, being well, like that's cognizant, like, hey, it's like, hey, no, I listen to you, um, no matter who they are. A great place to practice this, and I, I do this all the time to poor Amy Chagrin, as I always just talk to like the Uber drivers. And so I get in there, and they're trying to ask, oh, no, no, like, that's you can't. That's hard for me. Yeah, but I, I, I talk to them, and it's a way to practice almost all of them, no matter how long this ride is, I can talk to them the whole time. And it's kind of practice to talk to other people. And so I get in there, and, you know, if they don't want to talk, it's obvious we don't talk. Yeah. Like that's one people hate it when people don't get the the clues. Like your driver's yeah. talking to you and they're like yeah. asking all these questions. It's like, dude, yeah. no. But yeah, when, when it's they're engaged in conversation, like asking, I'm just like, so what takes you your time when you're not, you know, when you're not driving Uber or something? I've never had an insightful philosophical. I've conversation had a lot. With the I was Uber talking. Driver. I was dropping about our our friend of the pod, Neil deGrasse Tyson, bringing uh-huh. up the art versus science quote. Yeah, and differences. Mm-hmm. Like the last one, she was at the MI, the Musicians Institute, studying mm-hmm. vocal performance. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the car just talking about music. She knew some dancers. We talked about that. Any oh. of these things. But it, for one, it's like I kind of use that moment as, as a, it's a practice moment. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm doing that for intention. Like I'm, I'm tired. It's not like I want to talk. I'm about to go to an event or party or something and talk to other people. So I don't need to. But I always use that moment because I'm isolated. It's not like I got my laptop or I can't work or focus and I actually specifically target that moment and treat it as practice for conversation bro I couldn't agree more and I'm realizing for the first time in my life that conversation is a skill that's why I'm so thankful and that it can be practice it can be practice you can get better at it because I was spending when I was in Hawaii I've got a couple stories when mm-hmm. I was in Hawaii I was spending a week with like spending a lot of time with like 20 year olds. I was just listening to their conversations. No substance. Dude, they're literally, when you're from the time you learn to talk till you're about like 25, you're just practicing talking to people. Like you don't really know how to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had such a hard time interacting with them, with them, except one of the guys and he was 20, but he was like, you could tell he was like, 
he reads. Mature. <laughs> <laughs> Do like, you read? He reads, and he—he's just more of an activated human. That's what mm-hmm. I like to call him. It's interesting. Yeah, it, it was a very fascinating perspective. The biggest crime you can be is boring. Another thing that this was a week. This was this was after the first week of my improv classes. Okay, mm-hmm. this last week. There's a rapper named IDK, um, who just dropped. That sounds too much like TBK. IDK, I know, right? <laughs> But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, so IDK, and he was having a release party for his album called Is He Real? It's mm-hmm. kind of like an allegorical, introspective uh, album about like the nature of whether or not God exists. Mm-hmm. And, and does he exist in people? Does he exist in ecosystems and things like that? Uh, and so I was there. And I went by myself. Like they invited me because I played on the album. I played a couple of, I played on a couple of the tracks. Um, and I showed up, but I was scared shitless because I didn't know a goddamn person there. Yeah. I mean, I, and in instances like that, some, for me, yeah. the problem is, yeah, I'm trying to get better at being on. And I think being an Ellie has really helped turning that on because you have to, because we're both just to. newer to here. Mm-hmm. Um, in New York, I'm, I'm, there's rarely a time where I'm walking in fresh without knowing someone just mm-hmm. to the events. But here I'm broadening the horizons. And for me, these network, it's, it feels kind of really on and off. Like sometimes I'm just like, I got to get out of here. And then other times I'm going to go around. I'm going to hit my five people at least. You're going to hit them. I'm hit them in the face. <laughs> You've gotta, I loved your work. <laughs> You've got to hatch it and you just hit them on the broad bro, side of it. Bro. 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 What's good? <laughs> oh. Hey, what's ha- what's happening, man? Mike Tyson here. Mike Tyson. Matt Matt Tyson here. Trevor Bumgarner. And, dude, okay, I'm afraid to make fun of Mike Tyson. Yeah, dude, he will come here. He will eat me. <laughs> Big fan of the hangover. He eats me for for breakfast. He was Tiger will eat People us. Like me. But yeah. going into these situations, and like now knowing it's like it's a necessity for me to go in there you got and to. talk to these people and starting to treat our practice. I love how you framed it, but you know it is truly. Uh, a skill getting used to this. And I was very bad at it growing up. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, just whatever for who, for who I was. Or That's okay. The family or background where I was growing up. But, you know, I was the tiny, short little kid. Mm-hmm. I was quiet. I loved to read books. I was kind of not not different, not super weird. Yeah, I wasn't surrounded by friends. Yeah, I wasn't like surrounded awkward. by like friends all the time. He would be by himself muttering Funny incantations. And, and fine. Yeah, and, you know, oh a couple God, blood sacrifices. Thank God, um, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waiting, still waiting for that owl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even even going you know going through high school, getting in getting into towards high school, like things got better. You know, it's like okay, I'm going to capitalize on the funny, and Why like not? that helped me out. You know, I'm going to capitalize on these certain aspects, and it, and like things got better. And like in in school, it's like okay, like uh, in, in undergrad, like okay, with this particular moment, I can be more entertaining or more empathetic, you know, listen to people's problems, something like that. And we've talked about how, you know, like that, that has changed over time. And like, okay, I didn't hang out enough. I didn't do as much fun stuff in undergrads. Then I go to grad school and I hang out too much and don't work at other aspects of the, The you know, the craft. But one of the things coming out here is realizing like, okay, over the past couple of years, I just because you talk every day doesn't mean you're good at conversation (laughs) and that you can actually you can actually practice these things. You know, this is a skill. It's not a whole lot different than public public speaking or any of these things where you can go and you should take classes or work on the craft 
of conversation. And so for the past number of years, I think I've gotten much better at it. And it's because I realized I wasn't good at it and I had to work at it. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to do something like this, where with no script, no thinking, no pre-talk, you know, we're, we're what, 20, 30 hours, in, you know, get, yeah. getting up there. I'm just yeah, like, we're getting pretty good. I'm just rambling. Still got I'm just 10, going. 000, and 10, we can keep going. Go. Yeah, 10,000 yeah. to go. But uh, it, it's, it was like a good skill. Like these Uber things, that's direct practice. That's a more recent thing. But one thing I did uh, just a couple years back, back in North Carolina. So my, my dad would, he's the opposite of conversationalist. Mm -hmm. Man of few words. Um, very respectable. Yeah. <laughs> the and, opposite. And, and when everybody would be like fighting, you'd be like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like me and my mom, bit, bit, bit. we just bicker, 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 mm -hmm. trying to get the last word and go, y'all cut it out. And then suddenly silence. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, very few words. Phone conversation. Hey, dad, how's it going? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. He's like okay, that. Bye. He's like that click, old click. dog in like a group of dogs that's like seeing some shit. Yeah. And like when the <laughs> dogs are like fucking around with each other, and he wake, wakes he just, up the old dog from the nap. He's like, <gasps> and then everyone and else stops. Just, just and everyone's like, oh shit. Okay, that is sorry. precisely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's him. <laughs> so we're like we're very like different in that aspect. Yeah. Um, but one of the things he do because he didn't want to talk to all these these people when he re after he retired he now like works more than he ever did. He just loves. He builds. He builds stuff. Mm -hmm. So porches. He paints. He does all yeah. the handyman work that yeah. I have no idea how to do. Yeah. But he'd bring me along to like Man's do demo man. or you know some easy task. Uh, but one thing in particular is he'd tell me, um, be like, okay, um, so there's this older lady you should talk to, or like whoever the owner of the house was, because he's helping out you know all these older people for the most part. And he would literally just bring me over just to talk to the people there. So I think partly. Because he would say something about me and they'd be like, oh, I'd like, you know, to meet, you know, the person who lives in New York or does music or something. And so I'd go in and talk, really just converse and like listen to these older people. You know, they're typically poor in North Carolina. You know, they'd have, you know, these wildlife stories to get to where they were. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was another kind of like the first specific moment of practice on conversation was conversing with older people in like yeah. rural North Carolina, talking to them. I'd hear all, I'd, I'd ask them questions. I want to hear their story. And I treated it as practice. And you fucking listen. Yeah, that's, that's all it takes. Because I didn't need to do that. There was like no need. It wasn't a necessity. And then I'm not talking to them. It's not business. Yeah. They're not going to give me any jobs. I'll probably, I will not see them again. But it was, it was fascinating. I just like people and I like stories. You uh, like people? To some degree. Ah! Six out of ten. Much. I don't like people that much. Six man. out of ten. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it through. I'll give people two and a half stars. He's the yeah, the last piece, the the sum to to sum this up. Um, just because you do something for a long time doesn't mean you're good at it. And that's gets back towards the Malcolm Gladwell, the dedicated practice. So I can't remember if it was in that book or the follow-up article or one of the other books, you know, since since that's came out. <laughs> um, and it's it's just read. Um it's <laughs> it was comparing a you know, fresh out of school doctors and like later on doc, you know, like doctors 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it was trying to say like, it was, it was, you know, waiting like successes of cases, like, you know, was one better than the other. And they could find almost no difference in, in, in actual outcomes. And it was, it was trying to say like, just cause you've done it all the time, doesn't mean, you know, all that experience doesn't quite add up 
unless you were like doing it in the right way to mm -hmm. actually improve. I think they did it with uh, like stockbrokers. They just did it with a couple of these small things where it was easily trackable, like, you know, patient outcomes, mm -hmm. stocks. Like if you were an investor for 30 years, you really didn't have much better of a chance than someone who was, who was you know, fresh out of school and into it. Um, there's a perception that like, oh, the, this person's experienced, they really know. Mm -hmm. But unless you really dedicated practice mm -hmm. uh, and like actually like actively worked on improving, going to conferences, going, you know, doing, doing the thing to improve, going to UCB, you know, Talking if you're a surgeon, girls. you know, work on your type. It's just like, sir, I have some bad news to tell you. There's a bear tree over there. <laughs> oh my God. He's beautiful. I what's that what's that in his bark? Is is that is 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 that a, a tail? Oh my god. Is it wagging right now? Yo, yes. Trevor, Trevor, be careful. That and tree's looking at you kind of weird, man. I think What should we feed oh, the bear? Oh my tree? god! It's moving! Run, Trevor! He's got a gun! He's got a gun! He's got a gun! Get on the fucking ground! I'm a tree. <laughs> But, you know, so before I end my um, my IDK release party story, I just want to say, um, what's his name? Fuck. A famous basketball player. Michael KD. Jordan. KD. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant showed up. Wait, what? He just showed up at the party. No. Yeah, Kevin Durant showed up at the release party. This isn't party. even an improv comedy bit. No, Kevin I'm Durant serious. He just up showed up and I was like, was, bro, is this random guy I met like two hours prior. Is that Kevin Durant? He's like, Yo, yeah. And like, he was like, oh, I should go get it. I'm like, bro, no. act like you bear. No, no, that, that's, that's at least one thing. Like we went to, um, uh, we were in Vegas and we had breakfast like the, this, the next morning. It was, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get these like freebie packages. Um, and so otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to Vegas, but we're, but we're there. And in this tiny little, <laughs> tiny little breakfast place, like off the beaten path, bottom of the hotel. Not crowded. It was Jerry Rice. Yo. He's got his fucking Super Bowl ring on. Yeah. And we're sitting there and we walk by and I'm like, wait a minute. That's Jerry Rice. Yeah. And so we just sat down. And it's probably the first person I've gone up and talked to because the other couple that was with with mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. boyfriend was huge. Well, now husband was a huge, you know, sports fan. So he was like He's wigging bugging. out. He was just, he was, he was bugging. Yeah. And so we're sitting there. And then, you know, afterwards, like, okay, he's got his headphones on. We don't want to bother him. Yeah. And so that's the only person I have, like, like a photo with because he went up. I was like, I might have went, and I just Dope. went up there and I was just like, thanks, like you're worth it. Your work ethic's inspiring. Yeah, and that's it. You know, and honest, it wasn't like, oh, I'm a huge fan of like football. It's just like I was like, you know, you're. I was like, I respect and admire like your work. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts um, recently uh, of famous people, mm -hmm. um, and and a lot of them tend to say if they're out with their kids. This is from a recent yeah. podcast, Casey Neistat and Phil DeFranco. Don't if they if they're with don't. their kids, don't go out to them. Yeah, don't they're with their kids. Don't do don't be that guy. If they're out in public and they have headphones, maybe respect their space. But if you're gonna bother them, try to talk to them like a human. Yeah, because they don't are. just go for the selfie. Yeah, it's not like walk up. Hey, can I have a photo? Like I I made sure I was I was thinking because I was sitting there eating a pancake, but I'm like. How do I do this in the most respectful way possible? Let like, them ask you if you yeah. want a photo. Yeah. Because I tend to do that when people stop he asked, me. He asked. I, didn't, yeah. I wasn't going to ask. There you go. Yeah. Because I don't really care. We've met. Yeah. It's like, do you being want a photo? in both LA yeah. and New York, being around the Lincoln Center all the time, yeah. um, being out here right by a, 
Emmy statues, the Academy, you know, down Dude. in Hollywood. We see you see famous you people see all famous the time. People, yeah, all the time, and it's you know, it's like particular. There's one like you really like. It's like okay, play it cool, but mm. you know, just treat them, just treat them like humans because they're just going about their day. I saw they're like chilling. one of the guys from Rhett and Link, Good Myth- Mythical Morning. But he was with this kid. It's like yeah, 10 year old kid. I was like, I wanted to go say hi and just tell him how inspirational he is. But I was like, but he's also with his child. Yeah. Like, like let's, he's, yeah. Like, yeah. let the kid, yeah. Like, that's, that's let too him much. Let him be a dad. Let like, him be, be just, live their yeah, life. I mean, snapping a bunch of photos. Yeah. That's, that's dumb. Like, and they didn't do it for that. Like, just mm-hmm. because somebody puts content out in the internet or goes on TV. Well, you know how. Yeah. Well, it's not like I know, but like what I what you I get some vi- some vibe of that because you you're all you you put yourself out there all the time. It yeah. doesn't mean that it's twenty four. It's a twenty four hour fitness. Yeah, I mean it kind of is, but at the end of the day, it's also like I wanted. I'm just like you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like I'm a human that wants to enjoy life. I want to experience love and and fulfillment and meaning and meaning in life and. When you tend to get to a certain, I think I'm afraid of that, honestly, of like getting to a point where you can't live a normal life anymore. You can't, you just can't go to the grocery store. It's like you are, it's, you do, you want to like hit the like correct level of fame. Right. The threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, I mean, not everyone, and not everyone knows what you look like. Yeah. But you do dope stuff. Yeah. You're, you're a person of influence. Yes. Um, but people might recognize you, but they're not they're not gonna bother you. It's just not that like tier A. You're like looking for like tier C fame. Look. You're known, maybe they know your name. I wanna be big face. in like another country on another continent. <laughs> you, you know go. what I mean? Like so when you be go big in the Ukraine, that's the thing. So like yeah. be big in Korea and you blow up and you make a lot of money. But like you can come back to America and you, people still don't give a fuck. And I love when people yeah. don't give a fuck about me. I love when I meet people and I just can just be Drew. Yeah, and they've never heard of TDK. Juilliard. I don't have to do do the dance because people expect you to be something. Mm-hmm. And I get all the time like, oh, you're like really chill. You're like yeah. super different than I imagine. I'm like, what did you think I was gonna? Well, it's probably be? like oh, yeah, a lot of these comedians. <laughs> like even even some of you know some of them don't seem that funny off. <laughs> screen and like you can tell they like worked hard their craft and then mm-hmm. others are still really funny and witty and quick yeah jeff but, goldblum yeah jeff goldblum or like john mulaney even though he's really right his jokes are really writerly mm-hmm. and that's why i like like him they're really worked on but he's even in interviews you can tell like oh he's genuinely funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently like seth meyers off camera is even funnier oh really yeah <laughs> it's um, tough when the so, camera's on man yeah well not even that but because he's got writers it's more like held back intentionally it's, it's like this is the show they've developed but apparently when the camera's off he's even he's even funnier well you have to you're on a network at that point yeah. and you like look honestly some of the funny shit is also kind of fucked up and in today's Often. society you can't say those things you can't mm-hmm. really be funny like comedy is well look at now dying, look what's, what happens so yeah. one of our I think it was the previous episode where we just stopped and watched Dave Chappelle's. Uh-huh. And so now he's gotten tons of flack. Oh, yeah. And of course, tons of... And we, we knew watching we it, knew. we're like, yeah, we're oh, like, he's going to get... He's going to get... He's going to get obliterated. Because it's like he put up yeah. like a checklist. He's like, okay, here's every off-topic subject. LGBTQ, transgender... Yeah, let's check and make fun of that. Women's yeah. rights, me yeah. too. Like, yeah, me too. Uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, um, yeah. 
I, I can't I can remember. Like just literally, like white people, like, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson, like, R. Kelly, R. Kelly. Like every, yeah, he put up yeah. the list and he mm-hmm. went down it, and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was just because he went there because he he doesn't need to care. He's like he's not there to make friends. And that's something no. we talked about in that pod. Um, and he dodges some bullets. degree. I think so. There's I think no. there's there's value in that. Um, and oh, I think so we important. lose we lose. One of the tricky things that I think was like nice to understand coming from the the South again, it's like don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Like some of his jokes will hit that line. That's how you you find out where the line and and you know morality you is a moving line. target mm-hmm. and kind of like comedy is a moving target. It yeah. will never be the same. Yeah. What used to be funny then will not be funny now. Yeah. Some things will hit a new level. But one of the things I like about joking and comedy and why you get your John Stewart's, your Dave Chappelle's and all these shows and why they're successful is because it gives us a different avenue or a different playing field to address tough topics. And so for me, I think it's an, it's a very effective tool. Mm-hmm. It's why John Stewart kind of caught on mm-hmm. the way he did. Um, and you see all these these people see now. Colbert, but, and like Colbert, now look but, at late night. You know, yeah, like late night, like format, they're, they're catching up because you can, you can approach it from the outside, yeah. um, have, Brutally hard jokes, but it allows you to get comfortable. So one thing I think about um, with like growing up in the South, like in high school, maybe ten years before, you know, there'd be just specifically just like race fights, and like there was a fight all the time. Really? And then, yeah, it's it's the South, it's the red part of the South. Honestly, and I didn't experience fights, that, yeah. but I didn't experience it because by the time I come around, that's all I'd heard about. Yeah. 10 or 15 you know, years later, it's mid-2000s. There's a fight, what, once every two months, maybe? Mm-hmm. And it's not about that. Mm-hmm. And so things decreased. And right around that time, again, South, one of the big jokes was like being gay. Mm-hmm. It's just like, dude, mm-hmm. you're gay or whatever. Mm-hmm. But something kind of changed in how they do to where it wasn't necessarily like, an insult. It, the joke kind of became the joke to where yeah. I remember like all the football players, they took on the persona of being gay. Mm-hmm. And it was like funny, but like the cool kids were doing it. It wasn't like yeah. a specific attack. No one was getting beat up about it. And while it's still not tough, it's not pure. It's not like the right right way to approach it. It certainly would offend anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it's like uncomfortable with it. Because of course I was a tiny like guy doing music. I was called gay all the time. Yeah, me too. But it didn't really bother me, mm-hmm. and be, because I think like everyone was working through how to deal with this because we're in, we were we were at the cusp of that of becoming like, yeah. mainstream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think actually the humor, the jokes, the things—if you read them out in a transcript—it sound really bad. But being in there witnessing, they were dealing with racial issues, homophobic issues through humor, but I think in somewhat of a healthy, healthier and cathartic way it's to so, work through yeah. the problems. And then some of the cool kids are doing it and it became kind of cool. You know, is it really, you know, like the, the, the touch, I'm sure there's a lot of like, there's, is without the nuance of, of understanding like what the benefits of that did, because suddenly it wasn't like a taboo thing. Everyone talked about yeah. And now I look, hearing about it, like, this little redneck high school in, in North Carolina has progressed so much to where white and black people would just beat each other up 
their fights, you know, a gun out of school, whatever. Now, and now Constantly. they're making out with each other. In and the now yeah. everyone's yeah. like yeah. hugging it out. People getting hand jobs in the bathroom. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that was always there, but it was, <laughs> but it was angry. But, but, it, but it was, it's like racially charged. But it's jobs. also like a black guy and a white guy beating each other off. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, we're, we're here. Yeah, it's the appropriate amount <laughs> of uh, high school hand, hand jobbery. Yeah, it's, it's like a handshake now. Instead yeah. of a handshake, you just give it but to the handshake. But like job. these jokes, the jokes weren't perfect. They'd yeah. be inappropriate, beyond inappropriate by now. People would get slaughtered on the internet for these things. But I, I think there was some benefit. And people, of, of course, people, it has to be acknowledged, were harmed by this. And it was not perfect. People, I'm sure, were beat up. People were traumatized, probably for life, by some of the stuff they went through there. Um, so it's not like just a, a check or clear, but to some degree, humor humor was the gateway to yeah. get out of that. Well, that's what that's what if you listen to soldiers and police officers yeah. who have to deal with carnage and mm-hmm. just look at the worst side of humans, they make some fucked up jokes. But that's how they like. Yeah, that's how they process. Like any it. doctor, yeah, EMT. It's yeah, like they, it's, they see. Horrendous things I can't yeah. imagine. Car crashes. But, and, yeah, but and like, and like, think of like shit, the success you know? of these like programs within the prison system where they're doing Shakespeare or they're doing comedy. Mm-hmm. They're getting up doing mm-hmm. stand up and it's proven a huge success because yeah. it's a vehicle to get outside yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, humans, we love to laugh. And I think what, what, where we're going as a society in terms of our uh, over sensitivity to, controversy or things that are outside the realm of political correctness, I think we then take a little air out of comedy and its progressive power, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that we really need to be a little bit more careful and open-minded about jokes because even now, sometimes I'll tell jokes, I I, I try to be the most open-minded, try to be the most empathic person I can be. And I still offend people oh, I'm on going a day-to-day to. And, basis. And I think that's it's nice you know. having um, different people. Like particularly, it's like my family. Okay, we we all have a similar side of or a sense of humor because we're all from that same background. But then I think having Amy around has been a great buffer because very different set of humor. So like I joke, I'm like my humor would be like very sardonic. It's like very mm-hmm. dark. Very Biden, or like just direct, like just say, you know saying the offensive thing, mm-hmm. uh, n- nothing for shock value, but um, it's really dark humor, uh, and so that would n- does not fly with her. You know, if, if I joke about something in an airport about like crashing a plane or something, yeah. you know, just whatever comes to mind. Yeah, and for me, it's like it's to point out the badness of the as you mm-hmm. know the aspect, um, rather than to make a mockery of it. It's, it's a way to directly approach it's, a very- It's a level of catharsis. Yeah. Like, like you're releasing the, the, that like tension. To, like the, you know, like some of our worst things nowadays, like these school shootings. Yeah. To make a joke about it. One, better be the best joke in the world. It better be hilarious. Oh, you're, you're, you're screwed. But that's a, yeah, it's catharsis. It's a way to approach that. Comedy's hard. Because no one, no one wants to talk about it. It's like, we're not talking about it. We, we need to find Nothing some avenue. Nothing changes if you don't talk and about so it. And so comedy is a great way mm-hmm. to get in there. Think about what all these late night shows did to help turn the tide on the Iraq War. Did you, did you see that uh, that uh, wisecrack video on comedy is dead? No. So essentially, it's really interesting. Uh, they 
have an argument that comedy isn't dying. It's actually becoming a mode. Kind of like in music, instead of playing an A major, it's like, <laughs> let's play A mixolydian, right? Bring it's it back different, to the Yeah, bring it back to the music. Oh, we're finally back. Woo! Oh, my but God. Like, <laughs> lower that seventh. Hilarious. Oh, man, we're in the fourth quarter now. Hilarious. Let's bring it back to music with a... <laughs> but I find that, yeah, comedy, if you look at uh, Jordan Peele, with mm-hmm. his horror genre, he's still incredibly funny. Yeah, you, his his movies have so much humor that acts as catharsis against the backdrop of the real philosophical meaning that he's trying to convey. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that's what comedy is becoming. You know, late night is all political now. Yeah, because you have spaces like Netflix that provide more creative avenues for comedy. Like you can find comedy everywhere. And that's why I think it's one of the most important life skills to develop because it makes you a better communicator, but it also allows you to talk about taboo subjects and maybe push along the idea of what is taboo. Is it taboo for a reason? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, Let's talk about it. You yeah, know? and it's how you yeah. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a great, because if someone went up there and gave a speech and talked about rape culture, mm-hmm. guns, mm-hmm. the effect of attractiveness, that's, not that's fun a to TED talk, talk about. That's hard. No one will watch that or, or, or process it. Yeah. But if you make it what funny. I just listed was Jim <laughs> Jeffries. He goes up there. He's a good example because he's super offensive as far as the jokes. He goes right at it. Mm-hmm. Guns. All these other things, looks, attractiveness, just really tough things. And he goes up there and that hits millions of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like what is, I can't remember the old trope about, you know, a joke, like it needs a shred of truth mm-hmm. in order to be funny. Mm-hmm. But actually it's, 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 it's the comedy is the gateway drug to handling difficult conversations. And it's been around forever. There's a, uh, there's a, Joe Rogan podcast episode with uh, Dr. Cornell West, mm-hmm. where they talk about the traditions of comedy that go all the way back to the Greek theater and before as well. It's like the the storytellers really saw even the wars back then as meaningless, and they would make skits and they would make these whole dramatic plays to like describe what it was like to be a Greek in that time. Uh-huh. You know, so like. Comedy is is something essentially human and, and something that is very unique to us as a communication device. And that's why I'm taking improv because I wanna I wanna learn the, how to do it. Yeah, like it's it's similar to like white music. Like there we have we don't have a civilization. We've not found one that doesn't have We don't have, have music. a civilization. It's <laughs> that, all a lie. That doesn't doesn't have music. Like yeah. You, which blows my mind. Facts. Like you haven't found like some isolated tribe in like West West Asia or just somewhere that, that like there's not one they all have music it's and one of the other things that's like natural to us um it doesn't necessarily seem to have like a reason like are chipmunks do they have jokes are they funny do dolphins crack jokes uh, I don't think so they definitely rape <laughs> yeah, you just, but see there's a good example yeah but they do yeah. they're really terrible and they they bully each other and yeah stuff. and so, so the you know, there's not necessarily like a reason like why we have to have that, but yet it's always existed with human, humans, jokes, humor, comedy. It's natural. It, it, back towards the Bill Burr thing, like if a guy uh, and a philosopher get in trouble all the time, Christopher Hitchens had a whole whole thing about this humor and just like the, the value of it. It's just like if a guy is just purely unfunny, 
he will not pass on his genes. Yep. Facts. <laughs> facts. Facts. You know what's so funny? And and one thing that I am so happy to have, why well, I'm happy to have you on this journey with me. Um, I need more guy friends. There's something, yeah. if you're a lady out there, uh, find some platonic male friends and you'll know that they are not romantically interested in you if they, well, maybe they are, but they probably are. Okay, they they're, they they want to fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what, what I mean is the value of having guy friends is that they make they look for your insecurities and then they they beat you upside the head with it <laughs> consistently. <laughs> and honestly, I think that's a way. At least men like. What's well, the same with guys for girls? It's great having platonic girlfriends. I mean, we're we're kind of fortunate in that being within the the arts. Like uh, I've only been involved with just different aspects of the arts and being around surrounded like primarily a majority of girlfriends. Yeah. I'm around women all the time. And, and it's great because they'll, they'll hold you accountable. You know, they'll just be like, not just like what are you wearing or something like you say. And it's just like, wait a minute. Oh, you're right. Yeah. But, 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 but with guys in particular, where I was going with this is that I've kind of had the realization that, any positive change that I made for myself was mostly because I didn't want my guy friends to give me shit about it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm tired of like, like if, if I wanted to, if I just was a person that stuttered, your your male friends, your guy friends are going to give you so much shit about it. And then you it's then true, go though. and you get some speech therapy and then it's better. And mm-hmm. then they move on in the next thing. And I think that's- <laughs> Another and, one. And another one. But like, I think- How's that belly? Another honestly, one. Honestly, that is a way that men express affection to each other is you can tell how much of guy friend loves you by how much shit they give you mm-hmm. and guys are different they're on a different spectrum they're more sensitive guys like myself mm-hmm. but i used to be turned off by that but honestly at the end of the day i realized that the guys that used to bust my balls and still do to this day they do it because they love me yeah. and i that's so beautiful. And there's there's value in that. Com- yeah. I mean, there's, uh, again, you know, there's always some detriment. There's some, like, negative things. No, no, but, I disagree. I disagree yeah. because you got to learn to be made fun of. I think we No, are, no, no. I'm, no, we're agreeing. P- okay. Cause we are like, agreeing. No, I said- So many people like, don't bully me. No. No. Duh, oh, my feelings are hurt. We're, we're, we're in 100% agree. That's why I was saying that there's always, like, there are some- tougher aspects or of where it can go, but there's a lot of value in it. 100% of being able to take criticism and just to improve yourself. Like, think about it. Like you're going to the gym. My friend Mike started going back to the gym. Lee is in there posting about it. Yeah, he Lee's to, crushing he's, it. He's crushing it in the gym. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so what am I doing? I'm back in the gym. Hell yeah, bro. Cause we're all like, oh no. <laughs> I started back this week. Bro, like, I'm so proud of you. You do look good. I can tell you, man. It's a glow in your eyes. See, that's, it's it's called uh it's called sauna and my AC was broken. So I just sit there so and sweat it, out. sweat it out. Sweat it out, bro. Sweat it out. Put on a little out. towel. Oh, and it's just you, do, me. Do you have to? Do you have to? Just take it off. Take it off. I uh yeah, man. I just really want people to understand because I just went on, I, I was kind of talking to this chick and she made it really difficult for me to mm-hmm. even meet up with her and her reasoning was she was afraid to drive at night because she saw a horror movie when she was like a kid mine she's like 25 and she just is afraid of the dark so she doesn't want to go drive to like go meet me somewhere 
And this is an adult, yeah. right? And so this is what I see is happening yeah. across the board. We as a human race, or, or at least Americans, we're mm-hmm. getting very weak. We're getting so weak. And I can see- We're not, and not tackling problems. We're not confronting problems. We're not allowing ourselves to fail. Yeah. It's, it's, I really see what the adults, like, you know, who are in their 50s or in their 40s or from like the 80s, mm-hmm. the, the 80, they talk about how like this next generation is soft. I see it because I'm also listening to Dan Carlin's Hardcore oh, History. Yeah, the silk slippers and the wooden shoes. The moment you get to the silk slippers, you start sliding down the hill. Mm-hmm. And the people with the wooden shoes are waiting at the bottom to take Dude, you what out. It's a great podcast. It, it's a great podcast. You and should so listen true. to it. Yeah, like the he's it's talking a, about all the uh, Genghis Khan. Yes, and then when, when this, it's like no, they didn't look ugly. They started looking like the elites and their royalty because they took they took all their stuff. They took everything, they and so suddenly they get soft. And it's an indication of an empire in decline mm-hmm. every time when your people cannot endure hardship. Yeah. I don't. I'm trying to go back to Bruce Lee. Uh, wish not for an easy life. I'm paraphrasing. Wish for the strength to overcome a difficult one. That's why I'm going back into the gym. That's why I'm doing improv. That's why I'm doing everything that scares the shit out of me. Well, it's like because- overcoming everything that's hard. If you think of even just for our younger listeners, like the school aspect, the hardest class, the classes that like kick your butt that you actually had to work in, that's the only ones you're going to remember. You will mm-hmm. not remember a single thing from an easy class because you, you didn't invest any work no. into it and you didn't have to exercise your brain mm-hmm. to actually go through it. And it's it's true. The ones that I worked in did the things. That's what stuck. And that goes for almost all ex- aspects of life. You know, how overcoming stuff, that's that's what you retain. Yeah. Um, and you li- we've, we listened to bringing it back to all these kind of celebrities and hearing their, their stories and their, their back lives. It's kind of wild. Like some, you see this person, they're like either a comedian or they're a famous actor or something. And then you you hear their backstory. Mm. There's almost always trauma yeah. or something. Very rarely was someone had did someone have an average normal life. It's yeah. just like, oh, my brother died when I was four. Oh, yeah. like I had, you know, I got checked in like a traumatic fear, experience. Or like, oh, my, my parents did this to me or I grew up. You know, whatever it is, like almost all of them have to deal with something. I packed up my car, drove across country to move to LA. I slept in said car for three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah. And like all these, the hardships. And it's, and you know, it's just, it's, a, it's an overcorrection because I think one of the problem why we ran into so many issues in the past was because we never dealt with like the understanding, like, okay, PTSD, you just went to war. We, we need to, by ignoring it and just like, hey, tough it out. Mm-hmm. It's what led all those people to suicide. Yeah, but and continues to lead. Yeah, and 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 why we have such a high suicide rate in America. Yeah, a massively like what, high, like two hundred a day. I oh, think something. I, like I don't remember the numbers, but it's it's massive. You know, considering how how good our lives Can are. Can I ask Siri? Yeah. Hey Siri, how many suicides are in the U.S. every day? Okay, I found this on the web. About one hundred twenty-nine. 129 new suicides per day. And think of how, like, yeah. you know, comparing what goes on in America, how good it is compared to anywhere else facing hardships, the appreciation. And it's that kind of, like, empire and decline. But so I think we've, we have we need to, we have to, just, you know, it's balance. Both simultaneously understand people's hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, like the driving tonight, understanding the triggers, like not ignoring it, 
and not cast giving them aside. tools to cope but, but giving grow. but how to actually give tools um yeah so it's kind of like we just we finally started step one but we have to get to step two well, I'm not an expert. I don't have any yeah. advice on this. This is uh, where my improv stops. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, I really just believe that anything that matters to you, think about anything that matters to you in this life, not a material thing, but maybe a relationship, mm-hmm. maybe an achievement. Did you, the ones that you're proud of didn't come easy. Like the the marriage that you're proud of is the one that you have been working at yeah. for ten years. You argue that you've you've, you've gone through tribulations. You've raised kids. You've had arguments, but then you still choose to love each other every day and work towards something yeah. greater. It was right? talking about. I can't remember. They always brought it up, like how like in Italy, there's like just, or, or like a lot of some of these European countries, there's like low divorce rates, and it's because. Italian families just argue the whole time. And it's just like they yell at each other every day. Yeah. But it doesn't build up. They get it out. They're, they're, that argument is, is working on something. Mm-hmm. So they fight for it. Same thing with me and Amy. Like we work at stuff. We have tough conversations. We've had them early in the relationship. Mm-hmm. That, uh, so 10 years down the road, that's not the conversation that comes up. Yeah. And, and stuff will keep reoccurring. Yeah. But but we understand that the the fights are are the practice. You have to clean your practice. kitchen. Yeah. The you can't cook every day. You can't cook every day. It's just like, you, you got to pick kitchen. that up. You got to like Someone has to pay this bill. Someone's got to scrub the grease off the grill yeah. every once in a while. Sometimes you got to, because that's what happens when you yeah. live life with somebody. And that's, yeah. And that's practice. And like understanding that but some things will be better great. and some things you, you just don't do anymore. But that's, that's part of the process. That's, yeah. Like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> But like I'm working on it. Yeah. We're working on it. Yeah. In this podcast. Exactly. Like that's what we we actually secretly we're like the we're like a famous show where they're like it's buddy cop and they're just in love with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then off screen we just don't they speak. Just, they don't they don't have they don't ever we just, go we hang just out. Never speak. Let me tell you something, man. I think that you getting an improv too will make this idea of faking notes make even more I sense. I want it. Because yeah, that's I need I, to. all I was thinking about during the improv <laughs> was like I'm faking it right now. I would love to do it because I know it would make me uncomfortable. Oh, bro. It'll make you super uncomfortable. So. But then you'll crave the discomfort because then it's like so fun to have somebody. Just give me a, a where. Let's try. Let's try one. Okay. Well, a ne- for a record, I've never done this. All okay. right. Let's, G- it. let's uh, I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you a prompt orange. Orange. And uh, what do I give you? Like a setting? So, so what you have to do is just come up with a piece of dialogue that, satisfies a who, a what, and a where. Okay. Or a where. So Any orange. one of those. And then I'll, I'll work with you. Okay, Mr. Mr. Anderson. Um, so you brought in this orange into our board meeting. Will you explain to the rest of the board of the Wells Fargo company why we should rebrand the logo with this orange? Well, well, you see, uh, Agent Smith, um, the thing about orange is that it engenders a a level of comfort within the prospect in mind. Uh, we want their money, correct? We want, we want to. Yes, go, yes, we, 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 we want, want their, their money. money. So what we have to do is we have to put orange on all our branding. It makes mm-hmm. people, especially at this time of year, September, this is, the, this is when orange is in. Think about it. Pumpkin spice lattes. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Pumpkins. Think about it. Jack-o'-lanterns. Think of, obviously I'm I'm obsessed with Halloween. Uh, 
Agent Smith, what are you going to go with? What are you going to wear as Halloween? I know this isn't pertinent, but I'm just curious. I, trust me. I know where this is going. Where, what do you want to be for Halloween? Well, you see, Mr. Anderson, um, I haven't really thought of what I want to wear, but I have thought about what my, I want my, my, my little dog to yeah, wear. Yeah, well, what, what do you want your little dog to, to wear, Agent Smith? I want him to be Bark Vader. Oh, I like that. So, so after this meeting, let's just go to Party City. Mm-hmm. Let's get him a helmet. Let's get him a mini lightsaber that he can carry in his mouth. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Darth Bark. Darth Bark. Darth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's just going anywhere. You're, you're, yeah. you're going anywhere. Every time you present a piece of information, you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You said dog, so I I had to follow that. Yeah. And, so it's not like escalated. trying to always bring it back. It's like just following the it, strand. Follow the thing. And then when you find a moment that inspires, can. then you bring it yeah. back. That, that can bring it back. Exactly. It's not like, uh, yeah. So you're you're not, yeah, just to follow. So you're never, you're never trying to force it, you but never you're just trying it. to make a natural flow to bring it back. Exactly. And the longer you Cause go. Because I like screwed you. Yeah. Because I was just like, up. Oh, it's dog in Halloween time. Well, it, no, no, you didn't because then I use that information. Here's the deal. It's my job to like make the world believable mm-hmm. that you've created, right? And so what is essential is to go down this rabbit hole. And essentially the farther down the rabbit hole you go and then you bring a call back, that the, the longer you wait to bring the call back, the funnier it is. The I like fun, that. In, in a way. In a way, it's like if you do something in the first scene and then you bring that character back in the last scene for no that always goddamn blows my reason, mind. That always blows my mind. it blows your mind, but it makes a lot of sense because uh-huh. it's like, oh, this was all in one reality. Holy yeah. crap. Whenever right? they, because the one, the the one local, like, yeah, they always take like, you know, three things or whatever. Like, like give us three things or whatever. Yeah. And then just how they tie that in. Mm-hmm. It's just. There's blows, so many ways to do it. It blows my mind when they do it effectively, which they always did. Bringing in because you're just sitting there like okay they've covered these two things well like when is this gonna come in? I think there's a group called One Star Dog. I think that's their name, uh-huh. and they essentially they have they have a, an audience member give them a suggestion, and then they'll go on Yelp and find one star reviews of like <laughs> that suggestion. So one times it was a McDonald's, and so then they read the descriptions. They read the one star reviews. They read like four or five of them, and they'd and act they used those or... as monologues, oh. and then they made entire scenes based off of those one star reviews. That's a great. It's idea. a great premise. We should go watch them one day. They're one of my favorite groups. They're awesome. hilarious, bro. Dude, that's awesome. So there, there's so much. To be said about it, because when you improv, you then turn, it's like this, what it happens is like the prefrontal cortex of your brain is the one that is responsible for many different functions. I'm obviously a neuroscientist, so I know what I'm talking yeah. about. And uh, it's but consciousness, I play one on TV. self-analysis. And the part that I think is key, it's like your general intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also your self-evaluation. When you look at the brains of jazz improvers, of improv comics, their prefrontal cortex is barely active because they turn off that self-judgmental part of their brain and they're allowing ideas to come up. That is how you make 
better ideas. That's how you make skits. That's how you make comedy. Because you don't, Never you don't shut that. yourself down. We as classical musicians are trained to self-analyze all mm -hmm. the time. That part of my brain is super strong. The part of my brain that allows creativity is so weak. Yeah, and I've weakened it. We've I, weakened it. Yeah, and it's wild because composition, that's like a massive part of it. And like all I can do, bringing up my, when I'm working like with my songwriting team, the musical yeah. team, yeah. Uh, Chris Hendricks, under the musical friends of the pod. Chris hey, what's up, Chris? What up, what up, what up? But why I need, I found the team to kind of help me compensate with that because very self-analytical and I mentioned I'm great at idea generation, concept generation, and I'm great great at fine-tuning detail work. Yeah. That's what it's presumed to be. But there's a massive bulk, mm. bulk of the middle, which is this grunt work, and it's kind of flowing from that creativity, generating it. And where I've used those, those two particularly really help. They're good at all aspects, but they really help fill my insufficiencies of that. Mm. And it's what you're describing. It's because it's kind of like we've been trained to be so self-analytical mm -hmm. that I've essentially suppressed away a significant amount of what is needed to actually be creative mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to actually mm -hmm. create stuff and being okay with things not being perfect yet to then mold it. But here's the thing. It's like the idea is great, mm -hmm. even if it's shitty. That's, that's it can a, be made great. It can be made great. You build a world around Make it. Make ideas great Make again. Make ideas great again, <laughs> Trevor. We have the best. We, we have, have the, the best, best ideas. Best ideas. Best ideas. I've got it, Drew. We're gonna get. We'll we'll get some red hats and an escalator, and we'll, we'll just take it from there. Yeah. That's all you really need to be, bro. Be a person of influence. These days. Be a person. Okay, so now to, so, to tie all this in together, so yeah. this is the um, us explaining funny. This is this is the we've explained how jokes because that's what really makes it funny. I mean, yeah, and and orange is my favorite color, and it's my birthday month, and it's fall and is Halloween's upon us. coming up, and I got Halloween's Bark Vader. Up. Got Bark Vader. Um, I've been dating some crazy chicks recently, so crazy that I'm I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, but I'm, I'm going to go into 201. Uh, the classes start October 14th. So I've got a couple weeks left and then I'm going to jump back into it. The final takeaways for everyone is practice. Do like things practice, that make you uncomfortable. Practice, yeah. Doing things, practice doing things that make you uncomfortable. Investing in it. Investing in it. Drew is in, investing in it. Um, invest in yourself. It, yeah, invest in yourself. And a big part of what you're going to do is conversations with people, uh, is speaking, public speaking, take take classes, take something, do anything that makes you uncomfortable. Take a dance class if you're a musician. If you're a musician, if you're a dancer, take a music class. Take it, whatever it is. Um, just going out, getting uncomfortable, embracing how uncomfortable you are. Mm. And for me, I'm starting to enjoy it. We hate being bad at stuff. We talked about that with bad snacks. Yeah. Um, we, we don't like it because we yeah. work so hard to be good. And we, we work really hard on being good and then putting it out to everyone else. But that's not what happened in your improv comedy class. Two weeks, boom, first show, people are in the audience. <sighs> Bro. And you learned probably more from that than three other days combined. Hell actual yeah. Class. Let me tell you something. Focus on getting good at one thing in your life. Yeah. And then forget about it. <laughs> right. And then and then and then I found that like when I when I feel really bad about myself, I remember that I played viola 
and I'm okay at it. And then I play viola and I feel so much better. And then I'm able to like go and be okay being bad at other things. When I lose my, you know? yeah, one, one thing that stagnates that kind of ties in this, when I lose my curious mind, like when I go for month stretches and it's like, I didn't I follow like down these, some of these other threads or like I wasn't open to truly learning more about yeah. the craft. It's like, oh, I wasn't listening to much more I music. Other stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Follow, follow the curious mind. Do it, do it. Trust me, because then you're going to be so multidimensional. It'll be so much more interesting. So much more interesting. And it'll help your conversations, which will help you meet more people, which will help you just be a better person. But let's just be, try to be, be a better person. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah. that's our advice you should, to you. Yeah, that's our homework You know what, you. yeah, yeah, do so, better. so go on out there and be somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you should just be better. Just Skate better. Do Skate better. better. Oh man, I never thought about it. I should totally do that. But uh, Trevor, I'm so glad we did this. Yeah, it's and we, we yeah, it's 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 been a moment. Thank thank you, audience. Thank you're you a big for, part of this. For thanks listening. for reaching out. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks got, for tweeting at us on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, like and, and like sending me DMs and yeah, sending the DMs, sending those those pics. Yeah, we love pics. it. Ooh, but um, ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like just, just like keep them coming. And again, like if there's particular topics, subjects, people you'd like to, us to have on. Oh, hell um, yeah. We'll, we yeah like we're expanding guests. our horizon and we're just trying to practice our conversation. I'm going to try to get some of my improv buddies to come, oh, come through fun. so they can oh, hear. My God. They're so hilarious, dude. Oh, my God. Like one of that's the a, group, That's a good idea. The other group that I, that I, there were two groups for the performance. The other group that I wasn't a part of had like, two scenes that weren't even in English and they were hilarious. What? Okay. Yeah, there's this guy from uh Spain who was also British. There are two Argentine Argentine women mm-hmm. and they had like a bunch of like Latin they had like this Latin party scene where they're doing the limbo and this American girl shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just they're just yelling at her in Spanish. And then there was another scene where this girl was speaking gobbledygook and this other girl was speaking Serbian. And then another scene where these two guys, two people were speaking German and then, oh, Medicon. You know, it was just so funny, like seeing how humor is not language dependent. And even beyond humor, there's this one program I remember at Juilliard, like, y- you know, it's you're in an orientation, you're about to, I was going to be like an orientation leader or something. And so mm-hmm. there's, I remember, and that. a couple of teacher things, and you have to do, you know, you go to a couple meetings and no no one remembers that stuff. And you go to these trains, it's like, ugh, I know how to be bad. But we went to one. That's a typical eye-rolling thing. Like, this is going to be so dumb. I'd like to so be an leader, and like un- a guest celebrity and, uh, Yeah, like, or something to be, like, <laughs> uncomfortable. So there's this one. It was a program where they go around teachers called, like, I think Interplay or something like that. Ooh, and it's, sounds sexy. And, you know, and you think it's silly. You think it's for kids. But everyone, by the end of that hour and a half, was like, super bought into it. And it's having you move around and, like, weird challenges and like words and colors and like mm-hmm. dancing with each other. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I can't imagine a bunch of business people doing it. Sounds it. like a cult. But once you buy into it, <laughs> once you, once you buy into it, yeah, it actually. You drink the Kool-Aid. Like yeah. But once you just like, like let go of like not, I was like, okay, I'm not good. I'm going to let down my barriers, like not worrying about being a fool. And like, and like, okay, like she's coming in here, you know, saying not vo- voodoo-y magic stuff, but just like the silly, what you'd think of as like silly games. You gotta be silly, silly to be funny, and yeah, and because this wasn't even about comedy, it was just about like kind of your team building, you know, g- getting more comfortable. Just but it was an exposure to creativity, and I let my guard down for it, 
And I'm, I'm super thankful I did. Because even that, in that hour and a half, it was just a great experience of doing something I'm super uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And people in that room I never talked to before connected. I connected, for, you know, I, st- I can call them up anytime just from that hour and a half. Because exactly. the guard was down and those who let themselves be okay with being bad, being uncomfortable, being genuinely open, that's like, what changed it. it you got to think of it metaphorically like getting a hug with your arms crossed. If you're, <laughs> if you're around a lot of people and they're, they're opening themselves up, they're being goofy, they're being silly, they're not being self-conscious, they're just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And then they come over and they try to give you a hug. And you're you're sitting there trying to put on, trying to be cool, trying to just have have that face, yeah. or you're self conscious about looking it's stupid. A barrier, yeah. It's a barrier, and so you're never gonna feel as fulfilled. But when I just was in improv and I was being silly and saying weird words that came out of my mouth and not thinking, like the people, I really feel like my class, like we genuinely love each other. Mm-hmm. And it's only I've never loved people after yeah. two weeks. And you connect, yeah. And you think of how think of what a short period. Yeah. And like how little time you actually spend with them compared to some people who've been around for years and you will feel more genuine to them. Uh, uh, I guess I uh, by the time of this episode, it might have been released already or later, but Megan Carnes, mm-hmm. when we were in this music festival in Italy, there are a couple of us younger people bond together, five or six of us, and now we're just there for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, that's it. And, you know, fast forward years later, she's on the pod. She went to the wedding of one of the other guys. Mm-hmm. She introduced um, friend Craig, uh, him and his now wife. Those two met there. So like all these people yep. I, I've interacted with and kept in touch just from those those two weeks. And it's because we, we were put all in an uncomfortable situation, a different country. We're all younger. We all hadn't been to these music festival things. A little horny. We, we, I, I was, yes. A little horny. I was yeah. very, I was yeah, the... Okay. Yeah, be horny. V, you want to, you want to go, problem. you want, you want to get some action. Go to a summer festival. Oh my god, that's all yeah. I have. To it's say. it's like the Olympic. <laughs> it's like the Olympic Village for losers. Hell yeah, it's great. It's just like and everybody's body is soft and shitty. Yeah, like that's what. Yeah, it's just it's reverse Olympic Village. <laughs> but they're still. It's hard. like you're, you're all nerdy, human. uncomfortable. Really? You're at peak unshape, uh, and, but you still you still have a good I'm time. Peak but we couch we all potato. bonded, and so like we still have inside jokes from there that we all remember they keep coming up and you know some of them, I haven't like I've like I've seen them on rare occasions but these little moments of going out there and just being more or less like open to these things like that's lifelong I've been around people for years that I don't feel as close as I would have to these people and it's because of exposure and like letting the guard down and as you said you know you, and probably the listeners you're probably very good at at least one thing you know, if you're in music, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's an instrument. You're good, you know, even, even you know, we all, we all have a long way to go. But or you're, you're probably good, good at, at folding it's, clothes. Yeah, and, it, doing it, and being dishes. comfortable with doing, I feel like I'm good at doing the dishes. Yeah. I don't mind the dishes. I take the trash out like uh, a bouse. Bouse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, it's it's okay because, you know, just, rel- I like how you kind of like, you can like relish on the fact that, yes, I was good at, this thing, and then I don't have to be great at everything, mm-hmm. and almost freeze yourself to become good at other stuff. Yeah, because it's like I don't, you're, you're not, I don't need to pressure myself to go in and be able to dunk on day one. Life is super long, and you have plenty of time to develop many different skills, mm-hmm. and they they won't all be at the same caliber. 
And they don't mm. need to be. One, they don't. And one of my skills is like being a YouTuber. And I just had a thought. I was like, YouTuber, you, tuber, tuber. I'm a you potato. I'm a potato. I'm a fucking potato. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna hit That's the so gym. Weird. I gotta go hit the gym. I gotta go. go yeah, hit but we're the gym. we're doing it. Yeah, man. We're doing this thing. I'm really proud so of you. I'm proud. I'm proud of you, man. Because I mean, we're going out. I mean, since we started this, I think we've both improved I'm in multiple hoping. aspects. I'm gonna leave that up to the audience. I mean, I'm super so, cut. So tweet at me. I, I, give me a one ten. One being like he's gotten way worse, and ten being like it's like a different person. Like let, let us let us know how how the how the pod has been. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean we it's like, like hearing from you, so thanks yeah. to everyone else who's reached Appreciate out. Appreciate it. And yeah. now that we've done like twelve sign offs on this episode, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Let's just fucking end it. So <clears throat> bye. But wait, wait, do we want to do we want to rap? Do a song? Do you want to rap? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're gonna do this new Give this me new segment yeah. uh, called the wrap up. The wrap up, which is Trevor's. Fucking great idea! It might idea. be my best idea I've ever had. Bro, it's the that was on par with. Well, you came notes. up with faking notes. Yeah, you saved some faking notes, up. and so we our final segment is the wrap up. Okay, and it's a segment where we freestyle. We we who don't freestyle will freestyle everything we've talked about in this episode without actually looking at what we actually talked about. So, oh my god! Let's just get the tempo, and I'm gonna throw on a beat beneath us later. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, talking with Trevor. Hey, hey, talking with Trevor. Uh, uh, talking whatever. It's the wrap up. But but better. I can't think of words right now. Dude, yeah, it's really hard. Let's it's try so to hard. Okay, let's see. Because we're being right. uncomfortable. Right. We are literally gonna release. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just do a, a terrible flow. I'm trying to do a, a fly flow. Yeah, because you're going really fast. Like, I got yeah. no chance to talk. I wouldn't. Sitting here with Trevor, talking about whatever. Whatever. I'm talking about my improv. With Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> it every every time I say something, you just gonna say, say with, with, Trevor. with Trevor. Okay. Uh, Comedy. Orange is my favorite color. Wells Fargo. <laughs> Trevor is my brother from another mother. No, it just got just like I can't. Yeah, so take this improv class for me, man, yeah. and we'll get better. Just we're gonna work. That's right. Gonna practice my freestyle. You practice your freestyle, and let's just practice being bad at stuff. Dude, yeah, I mean, this is a great. You gotta be start. bad to be good. You gotta be bad to be good. <laughs> this is a and great so, start. Now that we've made our audience cringe uh, to create a new, I'm gonna, to, to bend space time. I'm just gonna cut. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, just like cut some let's of this. Fast we'll, forward to the end of the episode where we go into a black hole. Andy. <laughs> Spaghetti! Matthew McConaughey.